Um, we have a wonderful honor this morning of um, introducing our very dear friend, Tom Borsick. And um, he and his wife, Michelle, and their um, four wonderful children. And um, they all serve and um, just do so much. Actually, I'm thinking, no, there's five children, isn't there? I did. I did. I was going to say, there are five. There are four wonderful children. It's like, wait, they have five. So um, I may have stolen Tom's like a little funny, but um, that was not intentional because then I started thinking, I was like, no, there's five of them. So, but I love that um, Tom and his family um, are people that we love and we honor so deeply because in the last 10 years, that we've been a part of their lives and their story, and they've been a part of ours, and just encouraging words at different times. We are so thankful for them, and he is a man, and his family is a family to be honored, because being in ministry, we know that there's been lots of sacrifices that they've paid, lots of prices that they've paid, but we also know that they would say it's the privilege and the honor to serve our king, and they wouldn't trade it, and so... um, it's my joy to actually let Dave introduce Tom, um, but I'm just sharing my heart of how much we love Tom and uh, Michelle Borsick and their whole entire family. They're really wonderful and dear to us. Actually, one, just the one thing I want to say, Tom, I won't take long, I promise to introduce him. Um, Karen did a great job already. Uh, last night, we were sharing with some leaders, and Tom was sharing a prophetic word that he had with one of these leaders, and uh, in the midst of it, he, made, he just said something humorous. And, uh, and not everybody can do that well, and some people freak out when you do that in the middle of a prophecy or a prophetic word that you're sharing with somebody. But the whole point of it is, is God uses Tom, and Tom's not afraid to be authentic about who he is and how God's made him. And so that's one of the biggest things that I really enjoy about Tom. He's genuine, he's authentic, he's also gifted, and uh, he's a wonderful friend. Tom, come on up. Let's just welcome Tom as he comes. took my mask off. All righty, good morning, DCF, how are we? Oh, I'm so glad. Listen, it is a privilege to be with you guys. I'm so excited to be here. My wife sends her love. Uh, it's just one of those weekends with uh, four kids at home. One has moved away, thanks. Um, and uh, that it just couldn't work for her to come, and so she will be watching online later. Uh, but uh, we'd love to be here and love to be with you guys. Um, so... Really excited for what the Lord has uh, in store this morning. Uh, Before I get into that, there's just a couple things. Um, So uh, I had the privilege of meeting with uh, the elders and deacons yesterday. We had a good time uh, talking about strengths and and how God has made us and things. And man, you know, I just want to say you guys have a phenomenal group of leadership here at DCF uh, with the elders and with the deacons. Man, seriously, it, it was so good to connect with them. It was so good to hear stories and testimonies and things like that. Um, just really, really sweet and amazing time. And so, again, thanks so much for letting me be a part of that. And I also wanted to say to Dave and Karen, well done, you guys. Seriously, well done. Uh, I'm just so appreciative of you guys and, and just your heart for people, uh, heart for Dothan. Um, and uh, very warm and hospitable anytime we come and bring our whole family um, or just a few, whatever it is. You're like, bring them all. I'm like, okay, you know. And, uh, but seriously, you guys, we love you so much, and we're so grateful and really excited about what the Lord's doing. So um, I actually have a, a word for the church. I actually have two, and um, I want to, I'm going to share one later, but this one, the Lord just kept putting this scripture on my heart, um, honestly, all week, and I kept going, oh, i got to read that scripture 
and things happen, and I never got around to it until this weekend. And it just made me laugh, and you'll understand why in a minute. But, um, and I believe it's one of the things that the Lord is saying. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, um, it's the story of Elisha, and the king of Aram is really mad at him because he keeps telling you know, the other king, hey, this is what they're going to do. And so the king of Aram is getting really mad. And he's like, who is giving this information to Elisha? And um, all of his guys are like, hey, none of us, man. And, and so finally they go, it's that prophet. You know, it's that prophet that keeps telling, you know, the Israelites where we're coming from. And so this is what he says in verse 13. He says, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. And the re- report came back, he is in Dothan. So it says, Dothan, Alabama, right there. Okay, it doesn't say Alabama, but it says Dothan. And so I kept going, okay, Lord, what? I kind of chuckled. I'm like, Lord, what are, you, what are you trying to say, you know? And so listen to what happens. Then he sent horses and chariots, a strong force there. They went by night, and they surrounded the city. So what ends up happening is the servant of the man of God, it says, he gets up early the next morning, and an army with horses and chariots has surrounded the city. And that servant looks, and he goes, oh, no, my Lord. He says, what shall we do, the servant asked. He's freaking out. He's looking, and all he can see is the whole city surrounded by the enemy. And the prophet says to him, Elisha says to him, hey, don't be afraid. He says, there are the, there, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then he says, Lord, would you open his eyes? And so I feel like one of the things the Lord's saying this morning is we kind of can find ourselves in a place, especially with 2020, where you look out and all we can see is the circumstances of the enemy. All we can see is the trouble or the hardship. All we can see is the frustrations and the stuff that makes you crazy and upset, all of that. And I feel like the Lord this morning wants to go, hold on a second. I want you to see what surrounds that. And what surrounds that is the armies of the living God. And so this morning, as Elisha prayed over his servant, would you open his eyes? I just want to pray over us, and I'm including me, in this to say, Lord, would you open our eyes to see past the struggles, the circumstance, the hardship, the things we're facing to see what you're doing around that? Because I have a feeling when the servant freaked out and went in and goes, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Elijah said, there's, there's more. And he's like, what? He prays for him. And then he looks. And I just picture him laughing. Like they have, they have no idea. They have no idea what's about to go down. You know, and the whole story, if you get a chance to read it, it's amazing. It goes out there, they get struck with blindness. They have to be led around by their enemy who they came to attack, and now he, he leads them around. It's an amazing thing. But I just want to pray this morning that our eyes would be turned not so much to the circumstances that are around us, but to the armies of the living God who, in, who encircle those on our behalf. Can we do that? So, Father, I thank you so much for this truth. I thank you that you are the God who allows us to see And so this morning, Lord, I just pray for just a clear lens. I pray for new eyes to see that though we may be surrounded by all kinds of crazy things, 
God, would you open our eyes like you did for the servant of Elijah to see the armies of the living God that encompass around them. And Father, I pray that that would bring hope and that would bring joy to us and an excitement for what you're doing because we focus on what you're doing and what you've surrounded instead of what seems to be bigger and what has surrounded us. So this morning, we trust you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All righty. So I'm gonna jump right into what I felt like the Lord put on my heart for you guys. I, this is one of those weekends where you have several messages, you know, and I'm like, okay, how are we gonna pick which one? And um, so this is a message that I actually pe- preached at Northlands, but the Lord had me change some things, and I really think it's a word for now. I think it's a, a word for us. It kind of goes in line with what I just shared that the Lord showed me out of Second Kings. But today I want to talk about the truth of that he always leads us. He always leads us. God is faithful to lead us in every scenario and situation. He is faithful to be there for us. Um, so the, let me find this real quick. I wrote down this, there it is. So the definition of always is at all times, on all occasions. So in marriage, we have this thing, when my wife and I would do marriage counseling, we always say, hey, don't, don't say always. You can't say always and you can't say never. Because if you go, you always, blah, 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 blah. Or you never, I mean, it literally means you've never done it in your life, nor you thought about it. I mean, it just hasn't happened. So it's an unfair word to use. But I find that through Scripture, Scripture uses the word always a lot in talking about God's ways and the things that he does. And so we're met with this truth that when we're talking about this always, it's at all times and it's on all occasions. And that truth that I want to share with you is that he does lead us at all times in all occasions. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Oh my gosh, that was close. Sorry, I need blue seats up here so people are going to get wet. Um, so let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And I just want to, this is going to be our main text for today. Just going to read through this and pick out the things that I feel like the Lord wants to share with us. So starting in verse 12. Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, verse 13, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. Now this is just a little side note, okay? He says, I still had no peace of mind because I didn't find my brother Titus there. So he goes to a place, he goes to preach the gospel, but in the midst of him arriving there, there's no peace. So what I like to call this is the peace effect. He always leads us in a peace effect. I don't know how you guys are, but this is what he does with me. I look for the place of peace when I need to be guided by the Lord. If there's no peace, there's no gas. I'm not pushing the gas. I'm holding my foot on the brake. If there's peace, I push the gas because it's an indication of I'm on the right track and I'm heading in the direction I've gone. All of the major decisions I've made in my life, all of the smaller ones when I've sought the Lord, when I've said even in giving a word to somebody, I always go, where's the peace? If the peace is there, then we move forward. If it's not, I'm in a holding pattern until I find that peace. Because if the peace isn't there, it's a sign to me that maybe the Lord is leading me to do something different. And so I, I want to encourage you with that. As we go through this today, 
no matter what season you find yourself and you ask the Lord, guide me in this. Lord, which, which way should I go? Should I do this or not? Or should I head this way? Or what is it gonna happen? All of those things, I always wait and look for the peace. And you see this in scripture with the disciples. They went to a place, hey, if the man of peace is there, if not, shake the dust even off your feet. You know, there's all those passages that talk about the importance of peace. And when there's so much chaos going on, peace can be like a bright ray of light coming from the sun that pierces the clouds and you go, oh, it's over there. And it makes it easy. And sometimes when we allow the circumstances or the situations we face to dictate where we go, we find ourselves in a room and you go, I have absolutely no peace. It's the coolest thing about God. In that moment, He's going to give you peace. Why? Because he always leads us. He always leads us in every situation, in every time. So that was, that's just a little side thing. It's the peace effect. So I want to get into the, uh, oh, let me, sorry, Philippians 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, there is this peace that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. There's this peace that transcends everything and actually lends itself to guard our hearts and our mind so that we're not confused by a direction he's leading us. And I don't know about you guys, for me, this is always good news because the fact that he leads us, I go, okay, that's great. How are you going to do this? I'm going to look for the place of peace. I'm, I'm going to stick myself out for the place of peace. And in a minute, I have a story to share with you of how the Lord did this in my life. And it, I'm always looking for those places of peace. Should I? Do I? What should I? How should I? Lord, show me where the peace is. And I, honestly, if it, sometimes it feels like, you know, the, the question is like, you need the answer now. And I'm like, I don't have any peace, you know. How do you expect me to make an answer when there's no peace? And so I find myself going, hey, I'm not moving an inch until I find that peace. One of the things we've taught our kids, you know, sometimes the kids, you know, if I let them choose what's for breakfast, it's chocolate cake. And every other day we'd go to Disney World, right? How do you think I'm going to afford that? I don't know. Dad, I feel a lot of peace heading that way, you know. I'm like, well, actually, we're going to find the Lord's peace in this. And how, how do we... What do we do? So something we've taught our kids that we stand by is what I call the peace effect. Find peace in the situation. And the Lord, that's usually the, the way, at least in my life, I found that the Lord leads us. Amen? All right. So let's get to the passage that I wanted to spend the rest of our time on, which is in line with that. 2 Corinthians 2.14, he says this. But thanks be to God who always leads us. Say with me, always leads us. Always leads leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. What an amazing passage to encourage us today. Who, thanks be to God who always leads you. He's in a place where he just felt no peace and he's like, I got to get out of here. So he heads to Macedonia and he says, but thanks be to God who always leads us. Because he was in a place. I went here. The Lord opened a door while I'm there. My brother's not here. I don't feel like I should be here. Macedonia, here I come. And then he's rejoicing. Thanks be to God who always leads us. Why? Because he's in a moment where the peace effect wasn't there. And he said, okay, 
Macedonia it is. And he gets led there. But how is he led? As captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. You know, for some reason, my, I, it, as was said, I have five kids, uh, bookend boys. My oldest and my youngest are boys. And then I have three girls in the middle. My youngest daughter, Caitlin, who's actually been here before, um, sweet girl, lover. Uh, one of the things, she has a special gift that when she's hungry, she can smell a Chick-fil-A within two and a half miles. I'm serious. We'll, we'll be driving. The window doesn't even have to be down. She'll just go, oh, Dad, Chick-fil-A. I'm like, where's there? I don't see a Chick-fil-A. I can smell it. So she gets on her phone and she looks and she goes, 1.8 miles. I'm just like, you got to be joking. And we go over to Chick-fil-A and we have lunch or whatever. Usually in soft, she plays softball, so in a softball tournament, we're driving home and she's like, oh, Chick-fil-A. You know, it happens all the time. Well, we get to be that same aroma of Christ to people, to spread this beautiful aroma of his kindness, of his love, of his gentleness to the whole world. So that somebody goes, Chick-fil-A. But instead they go, Wow, that smells good. What is that? Oh, it's Jesus, right? We're not going to spend a lot of time on that because where I really want to settle is, but thanks be to God who always leads us. He always leads us. So I want to give you four other things in the places that he always leads us. Number one, always leads us in every season. Every season he leads us. We've looked at the definition of always. It can be difficult. It can be easy. It can be wonderful. It can be really hard. Whatever season you, you are facing, whatever season we find ourselves, he always leads us in those seasons. Praise God. Praise God that he does that. Isaiah 30 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. There was a time in my life where um, uh, I was leading a church in Katy, Texas. For those of you who know, know where Katy, Texas is. If you don't, it's just outside of Houston. And uh, everything was going well. We were excited because of some things that had happened with the larger group we were with. We, we kind of got a little smaller, but we were spending our time building the church back up. It was a fun time. Great relationships built there. And every year, my wife and I used to pray and say, okay, God... Give, give us a word for this year, you know. Give, give us, it could be, this is a building year. This, this, is, this is a growth year. This is a year of training. This is a year of study. This is a, a year of scripture. And every year, without fail, God would speak something to us as a family or as a couple or as a church to go, this is it. And it gave me a direction to set my sights so I can always make sure we're headed where the Lord is speaking. And so this year, Really excited, and we're like, okay, Lord, you know, we're growing, all this stuff, woo, you know, it's happy days. And I said, Lord, give us a word. And it was literally like, chirp, 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 chirp. All you could hear was crickets, nothing. It's like, oh, he doesn't want to touch so good and big, and you know, he's not going to tell us right now. So we kept asking, and we kept asking, and it was chirp, 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 chirp. And so I thought, what in the world is going on? You know, I'm cleaning my ears, I'm thinking through everything. And I go to Michelle and I go, man, this, this has never happened. And so she's like, maybe we should ask the Lord why we're not hearing anything. I'm like, that's too easy. No, I'm just kidding. So I'm, I'm like, okay, let's pray. So Lord, what's going on? And I felt like the Lord asked me this question. He said, what if I told you your time in Texas was up? And I thought to myself, see, I told you we shouldn't have asked. And it kind of 
you know the Lord ever says something to you, you get a little offended? Like, or am I the only one that, <laughs> you know, you're little, like a little, like, excuse me? Do, wasn't it you that called me all the way from California to come to Texas? And now you're saying it's time, pardon me? You know, don't you know, don't you see all these lives being changed, people coming? It was a little bit like that, and I was like, that's the farthest thing from my mind. I, I couldn't have been the Lord. But I knew that the Lord was saying, and he didn't say you were, he just said, what if? So I remember talking to my wife, and we kind of wrestled with it. And I said, look, we are where we are today because we follow the leading of the Lord. So if he says it's done, though I might not like that, uh, I'm going with what he says. So we prayed, and I said, Lord, what does that mean? Not a lot of direction, but this is a pretty big decision for us as a family and for the church that we're leading in Texas. So we decided to ask, call in some big guns, if you will. We, we called some friends that had no connection to our church whatsoever, a really close couple of, that we know that lived in Australia and some other places like that and said, hey, would you stand and pray with us? And at this point, I knew Greg Haswell from Northlands and he would come and share with our church. But I just felt like before I tell anybody close, close by, I want to ask some long-term friends and so I asked, hey, you know, what, what do you guys feel like the Lord's saying? And they all come back, and all, all three of them said, hey, look, I don't know where you're at on this, but I felt like the Lord said, he's, he's moving you on. And I was like, you're kidding me, you know? And I was like, wow. And then one of them said, actually, actually, I don't want to tell you what the Lord said. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wasn't listening either. This is going to be bad. And she says, I feel like the Lord said, not only are you leaving, but you're not going to lead. You're not going to be the, the lead pastor of the church. And I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. I'm good with that because I had realized that my A seat, if you will, the, my lane, what the Lord has called me to, is more in a, in a supporting role in that, in that second seat, if you will, not to make it sound weird. So I was like, that's cool. And she goes, you're not mad at that? I go, no, no, I, I think that's where I fit better. I can lead a church, but I feel like this is my lane. She goes, oh. So then with all of that, I decided I should call Greg and just let him know this is what the Lord's doing. And we've come to an understanding that maybe we are supposed to move on. But I have, I'm going to spin a map and poke the paper and go, there we go. You know, I had no leading or anything. So I picked up my cell phone and I called Greg. And um, Greg answers the phone. I said, hey, Greg, it's Tom. How you doing? Great. I said, do you have a few minutes? And he goes, well, I'm in, I'm in an elders meeting. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. I can call you back. He goes, no, 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 we just took a break. What, what do you need? And I go, no, no, I don't want to bother the elders meeting. And he goes, no, it's fine. What do you need? And I said, well, Michelle and I have been praying, and we feel like maybe our time is up in Texas at, this, at our church. So it's not bad. We love the people. We love where it's going. I just feel like the Lord is prompting us, but I don't even know where to start. And he's a little quiet. I'm like, hello? <laughs> and he's like, okay. He goes, well, um, let's pray. You know, I'm sure the Lord's going to show you where to go. And I was like, okay. And so we get off the phone, and Michelle goes, how was that? And I go, I don't know if he liked the idea. I don't, actually, I don't know what he's thinking. It was kind of an awkward conversation with Greg. And, um, and uh, she's like, what do we do? I go, I guess we just keep praying. And so this was like on a Tuesday. So Thursday, Greg calls me and says, hey, I need to talk to you. And I said, yeah, what's up? And he goes, I, I kind of need to share something with you that happened when you called me on Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, what, what happened? And he said, well, 
I, w- I told you I was in an elders meeting, and he goes, and the elders had just asked me, you know, hey, do you think it's time to hire somebody? And we said, yeah, it is. And so they said, who would you hire? And he said, well, I don't think they would come because they lead a church in Texas. And so the elders said, well, who is it? And he goes, well, it's Tom and Michelle Borsick. At the moment they said that, his phone rang. Guess who it was? It was me going, hey, I feel like the Lord's leading us some other place and I don't know where to go. And so I'm sure Greg was a little like, this is easy, Lord, you know. <laughs> so we spent the next couple of days praying and saying, what are you doing? When Greg called me back that second time and he told me what happened, I covered the phone and I looked at my wife and I go, oh my gosh, we're moving to Atlanta. I mean, it was so clear, so much peace. I don't know how much clearer this could be. But there's obstacles in front of you, right? There's, who do we hand the church? We had nobody in the church we could hand the church over to. And I didn't want to be like, love you guys, bye, you know. That doesn't work for me. And so from there, so this all happened like in November. Um, we announced to the church, and I started in uh, February of the next year. It was a very quick process. Usually you'd spend a year getting everything ready, but the Lord just opened so many doors and brought the right people in that it was like a perfect transit transition that took place. And we ended up at Northland's Church, and that's where I still, you know, 10 years later, I'm still on staff there. And I say that because in a time when things was going great and wonderful, in a time when everything was aligning great, the Lord said, hey, I, I, I got a different place for you to go. There's an opening here. He always leads us. Every season. I can tell you stories about difficult times that I've been in where I went, I don't know what we're going to do, and the Lord always leads us. So it's in every season. Don't allow the season that you're in to dictate whether the Lord will guide you or not. He always leads us. The second thing, not only does he always, or I'm sorry, not only does he lead us in every season, but he always leads us regardless of. If you're taking notes, you can write that down, regardless of. This, I gotta be honest with you, this is one of my favorite. This is actually one of my favorite because he leads us whether we're weak or strong, whether we're distracted or focused, whether we have a past or not, whether our current feelings don't align, whether we're in fear instead of faith, whether we're struggling, wherever you're at, he always leads you regardless. This is an amazing thing to me because Jesus, this is what I really believe, Jesus is longing to lead you. He's only an ask away. And don't allow the enemy to steal that truth from you. How do I know this? Let's look at this passage. James 1.5, one of my favorite passages. Just to say, I don't really have like an unfavorite passage. Just saying. I always go, this is my favorite passage. And someone asked me one time, do you have an unfavorite passage? No. So anyway, just on there. So let's look at this passage real quick. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Now I put this next segment in green because this sentence could say if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God and it will be given to you that is a complete sentence it makes sense and the other thing isn't necessary except James took a moment to describe the character of the God that you're asking and this is amazing he says if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God what kind of God is he 
He's one who gives generously to all without finding fault. What kind of God? He's a generous God. What kind of God? He gives generously to everyone without finding fault. Because sometimes in the times when I've needed him to lead me, it hasn't been the best of situation. I haven't been the nicest person. I'm dealing or struggling with fear or whatever it is, if I could be honest. And yet the Lord doesn't count that against me. It's not like I go, Lord, I I need you to guide me because these people are crazy. And he goes, yeah, I know, man. No, he doesn't do that. And he doesn't go, wait, did you just call my people crazy? And walks away. I'm like, wait, wait, God, I was just kidding. I was just, you know, I didn't mean to say that. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He gives generously to all without finding fault. So when you ask, he's not like Santa Claus that goes through a list and goes, have you been naughty or nice? Right? He puts his attention on you. And he says, let me lead you. Because we know that he always leads us. Always leads us in triumphal procession. And that's one of the most amazing things about God that sometimes is really hard for us to grasp. Because sometimes we treat people like they deserve to be treated when the Lord doesn't treat us that way because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. All your sins are paid for, past, present, future. That's who you are. He always leads us, and he does it regardless. Gives generously to all without finding fault. Isn't that good news? And then lastly, he always leads us to pleasant places. Always leads us to pleasant places. Every place he takes us, it's a good place, and it's pleasant. Let me say this. If you find yourself in a non-pleasant place this morning, don't get discouraged. You're just along the way to the pleasant place. Aren't you glad that the rest of our lives aren't 2020? This is it. What? No, it's just a year along the path that the Lord is leading us to pleasant places. That's what he does. Listen to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Some of us, that might not sound very nice. (laughs) Some of us, it's like, man, that'd be great. He leads me beside quiet waters. Peaceful place. He refreshes my soul. If you're not finding green pastures today, if you're not hearing quiet waters, don't stop. Keep going, because the destination is a pleasant place. Here's another one, Psalm 16, 5. Lord, you alone are my portion in my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart hears instruction. You may find yourself where you go, and these boundary lines right now are a little tough. Keep going. Because he's leading you into pleasant places. Are you with me? If your circumstance is difficult, remember it's along the way. 
if you're frustrated with the things that have happened, just remember you're, it's not the destination. It's along the way. So I want to close with this. I totally don't know what time I'm supposed to go to. Am I fine? All right. Should I still have that three hours? Okay, great. Just kidding. Um, one of the things, let me share this with you. So the second word that I felt like um, the Lord shared with me, specifically for the church, um, is I saw a, you know, like, I don't know what it's called, um, but when a runner takes his mark, and he's got those little metal things they put their foot in. What are those little metal things called? The box. Blocks, starting blocks. That's good. The word I had last night was not going to work. Starting blocks. I thought that was called stirrups. Sorry. There's a whole different image. Anyway, starting blocks. And so when a race is getting ready to begin, they go, on your mark. And then they wait. And they wait till each runner gets on their mark. They put their feet in the blocks. They get set. They stretch. They kick their leg. Not that I'm a runner, but, you know, I've seen it on TV. They put their hands behind the line, and they're, they're getting ready. And the person calling out, he says, on your mark, it's at go. When it's on your mark, he lets them take their time and get, get ready. And as soon as they look ready, he says, get set, Go. The, the difference in time between on your mark to get set go is a lot longer on your mark. But once everyone's ready, it's get set, you know, the gun goes off or he says go or whatever happens. And that's the image that I got the Lord was speaking. And I felt like this is what the Lord said for, for, for Dothan. He said, um, the false starts are over. False starts are over. And that this is a new day and a new season. And the Lord says, get on your mark. Put your feet in the block. The Lord has already shown you the big things in store. He's already shown you what's in the future of DCF. Get on your mark. And I felt like this morning there may be things that have felt personally to us that have felt like false starts, especially in 2020. And I think all of us were like, man, I was so looking forward to just an amazing year and blah, 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 and COVID hit. And it felt like someone jumped the gun, and now we're going all the way back to, okay, on your mark, you know, the buzzer sounds and all of that. But I feel like the Lord said, there's no more false starts. The, the season of false starts is over. And what's here is to get on your mark. And I felt like for us personally, it's a time for DCF, it's a time for us, personally as a church, to get on our mark. Put your feet in the block, whatever that means for you, but also personally. And I felt like this morning, one of the areas that I wanted to pray is, is first for you individually. If you felt like you couldn't put your feet in the starting block or you're looking back going, I don't know if I want to do this, get all ready for someone to jump the gun and we can't run the race. I'm telling you, like I, I said earlier, you have a delightful inheritance. What the Lord wants to do in Dothan with DCF is huge. It's, it's been spoken, the prophetic words, all of those things. What we need to do is in the midst of being tired, in the midst of what we're facing, in the midst of whatever, you fill in the blank, that you, you grab hold of the fact that God's always going to lead you. You put your feet in the block 
and you get on your mark. And I think some of us need to do that in our life. You know, I have friends that lost businesses completely, had to close them down, and they're going, gosh, what do I do now? You know what you do? Get on your mark. Because this is not the destination that God had in store for you or for me. There's pleasant places to go through. We're not stuck in 2020 for the next 50 years. There's new dreams on the horizon. But for us, we just gotta get on our mark. And if you'll get on your mark together as a church, if you'll get on your mark individually, I think you're gonna hear very quickly, get set and the gun's gonna go off. And you're gonna run the race that you wanted to run vigorously, passionately, and accomplish the things that you wanted God to accomplish. And the reason we can do that isn't because someone told you, oh, come on, it'll be okay. It's not because of anything else. It's because of the truth that God always leads us. He didn't go, what are we gonna do now, guys? This stinks. He knows. He always leads us in every circumstance, in every situation. He's just an ask away. And I feel like what he's saying to us today is get on your mark because we've got places to go. Forget about the circumstance. Forget about the enemy that's encamped around you. Forget about how mean they look and, and the weapons they have and how tough they are because right on the other side of them is the armies of the living God is gonna destroy them. That's really where we are today. So what I wanna do is just pray for us collectively, individually, and as a church. So if that ministers to you, if you go, yeah, I, I'm on my mark, I just want you to stand and give me a chance to pray. And whether it's a personal area whether it's as a church, whatever it is, would you get on your mark? Would you put your feet back in the box and trust the Lord to lead you always as he does? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for this morning, and I thank you for the opportunity to trust in you. God, this I know, you are trustworthy, you are faithful time and time and time again. And regardless of how difficult it is in front of us, no matter how hard or the circumstances, and Lord, I know people have gone through really difficult things this year. And I'm not trying to downplay that, but Lord, if we can't trust in you, then who do we trust? If you don't have words of life, then who does? There's no one. It's only you. And so Lord, we, cho we choose collectively as individuals and as a church to stand and to go, Lord, we hear what you're saying and my feet are going in the blocks. I'm getting on my mark because you have good in store. You always lead me and I can trust in you. And so, Father, over individual areas, whether it's, it's issues with finances or, or jobs or the difficulty of, of the coronavirus or whatever it may be, God, we still choose to get on the mark because we know what's encircled around that is the armies of the living God. And we put our trust in you. So we take our mark and we get ready. And, Lord, we look for you to say go and to give us that peace effect to run the race that's before us today. And so, Father, I pray that this moment today would be an explosion of testimony to continue the encouragement of other people to take their mark. And, Lord, I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for how gentle you are with us. Lord, we bless you today, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. This morning, um, I don't know about you guys, but my response is that my feet are in the starting blocks. And um, I'm just going to declare that over myself and 
um, what we want to do this morning is, um, I love Tom's prayer for us. It's like it's the on your mark. And um, there's just a reset altogether for the church worldwide. This is not just something that has been exclusive to us. And um, so this morning, if you need prayer for anything, whatever and wherever you may find yourself this morning, we want to pray with you and stand with you for breakthrough. And um, if you're watching online, you can contact us for ministry at dothancf.com forward slash prayer. And someone from our ministry team will be in touch with you to pray for you and to come alongside where you find yourself in this season. We love you guys. God bless you. And um, have a great week.